I promise you that if every person here leaves and does proper LinkedIn content three times a day, that they would see miraculous results for their business a year later. Attention is the number one asset. What is universally true for everyone in this room, regardless of where you are on the journey within this industry, is that the far majority of individuals, humans here, and companies are not taking advantage of what's happening in LinkedIn right now. So just from a pure practical standpoint, there's so many wants and dreams and hopes and things that you want to happen in this room and one of the most significant opportunities to make that thing happen is actually knowing how to make content for LinkedIn and actually posting it and actually reaping the benefits of it. LinkedIn right this second is acting like a social network more similar to what Facebook was in 2013 and 14 and the land grab for B2B companies and B2B2C companies that I've watched over the last two years grow and explode and really, I won't use the word exploit, but just so everybody understands, no ads, just taking advantage of best practices to create organic reach is disproportionately the underpriced attention, the underutilized move of this collective room. You can literally make videos and pictures and run 25 to $50, $100 on LinkedIn against employees of venture capital firms and reach them and not have to go to conferences and pray that you'll run into them in the hallway to pitch them your startup. So that leads me to the next C that I'm gonna talk about, which is massive in this room in my opinion, especially for the people that continue to slow their role on incorporating new tech within their organizations, really the writers in the room, is this concept of complacency. You know, I think there's a really interesting direct correlation with complacency and fear to growth of business. Or my favorite, well this is tried and true and this is how I got there, as if that's what's gonna get you to the next place. And when I analyzed this industry, and I have clients in it. I run a 2,000 person marketing agency called VaynerMedia, and we work with some of the biggest brands in the world to do their marketing, both on the media and the creative side. So we've had plenty of pitches for the brands in this room. Um, we, I spend a lot of time pretty much analyzing business and attention 24 seven. And so when I think about this, actually, I'm gonna jump all the way back to my opening question with the hands. I was born in the Soviet Union. I came to the US when I was three. Um, and one of the ways that my dad started his American dream was getting a bunch of side jobs. One of them was to be a stock boy in a liquor store. I lived in a studio apartment half the size of this stage in Queens with seven family members when we first got to America. My dad got a job as a stock boy in a liquor store in New Jersey. He eventually became the manager of that store and that's where his journey began. My entrepreneurial journey began in Edison, New Jersey, um, where when I was six, I started a six lemonade stand franchise. Um, really, I don't, how many people here, I, I see there's some youngsters in here, but there's some, there's some people in my age here. You guys remember big wheels before you'd get an actual bike? I used to ride my big wheels to the five lemonade stands I had where I tricked my friends to stand there all day and collect the money. And at the end of the day, I would literally ride my big wheels to pick up the cash like I was Tony Soprano. <laughs> and that was my first business. But what I was doing while they were 
manning and womaning the lemonade stands was I was making signs and trying to figure out where to put the signs on what streets and what trees so that people would come and buy my lemonade. And from the age of six when I did that to the second I stand in front of you right now at 47, for the last 41 years, all I've really done was try to understand where attention is and try to understand what to say in it. If you understand that, you'll understand the rest of my story, which is at 14, I was making two, $3,000 a weekend selling baseball cards in the malls of New Jersey. And I don't know about you, I know there's a lot of salespeople and business people here, but when you're 14, and you're 14 in 1989, pre-internet, and you have $10,000 in cash under your bed, and you're not selling weed, you're fucking awesome. So, so that was, I was crushing it, I, thank you. I was crushing it, I was feeling good, and then my dad ruined my life. Oldest son, the only one born in the old country, turned 14, and now I have to go work in what is now my dad's liquor store, a small store in Springfield, New Jersey, and I went from making $2,000 a weekend to making $2 an hour bagging ice in the basement for 14 hours a day. I was just bagging ice for 14 hours a day, two bucks an hour was the worst. Finally, I was 16 and I was finally allowed upstairs. And when I was stocking shelves, my life changed again because I realized on one faithful day that people collected wine, not just drank it. And I thought that was the coolest because I was into collecting comics and cards and all that stuff. And about 16, 17, I decided that I wanted to build the biggest wine store in the world for my dad. That was gonna be my passion. And this is when the story starts to make a lot of sense for this room. My great fear in this room is that a lot has happened in this industry over the last seven years with technology. I think we can agree with that, right? If you start looking, I kind of did a lot of homework for this talk. Start looking at the mid-2015, that kind of area. A lot of you in this room started to finally make a transition from paper to technology, right? And then obviously COVID sped that up for a lot of people in the industry. But COVID also did the thing that we're dealing with now, which is it created an artificial growth, which is why we're in an artificial valley right now, and we're all dealing with that shit, and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking about that. What I'm worried about for the business owners in here that are considering technology is there's multiple things going on right now. The market's tougher. AI is looming. Real talk. Like no matter what you've read or what you've thought, I just want to remind, how many people here are over the age of 45? Raise your hand. For everybody who just raised their hands, you lived a full childhood before you went on the internet, like I did. I went right through high school never being on the internet. We have all, if we're over 45, in our grown-up life, young adult life, have watched technology completely change the world. My first ever talk was for like 13 people in Union, New Jersey at a Chamber of Commerce event in 1997 when I told them that I was going to build a website on the information superhighway on the World Wide Web and I was gonna sell wine on it for my dad's liquor store. And I gave this passionate rant of what was happening and why this, that, and why some of you, I know all of you, are advertising in the yellow pages. Remember that shit, OGs? Kids, you have no idea how crazy the fucking world was pre-internet. And, and I gave this talk and I'm done and I feel like I fully laid out why the internet was gonna be big and I felt amazing and literally those 13 people laughed directly in my face. The first guy raised his hand and said, you're telling me that I'm going to go to a computer 
and buy a bottle of wine, why wouldn't I just go to your fucking store? And then everyone laughed. And I looked at all of them, I said, all of you are gonna laugh right now, and then someone like me is gonna go into your industry and make all of you fucking cry. And then it got quiet. And then it happened. What I'm worried about is, when I was doing my homework, how many people still haven't advanced their tech stack? And I get why. I come from small business. I grew up with a father where every dollar mattered. And I, so I get that in a tough year, it's hard to unravel all your legacy tech and make the investment to cloud-based SaaS this and this, that, and retrain all your old, I, I promise you, I'm from the dirt. I really, really genuinely understand. The problem is we have a perfect storm of why you get hurt. Macro market, tough. Macro technology train coming very fast. You try to hold off for another year or two because you want this year's P&L not to be a disaster. And then we wake up in 2026 and 2027 and it's really ugly. That concerns me and that's why I talk about complacency. Everyone's, my favorite strategy to watch in business is this one. <sighs> this is the one that I've watched when the internet came along. This is the one that I watched when blogging came along. By the time social media came, which is why I'm an investor in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all these companies very early on, was I had seen the pattern recognition. Your industry, all of you, are going to be wildly impacted by AI. You're also gonna be wildly impacted by the blockchain. Don't let the greed and the ridiculousness of NFT summer confuse you of what's going on in the blockchain. A decentralized server that is owned by no one, that is a ledger, that is full proof and non-manipulatable and zero cost is gonna be where every contract on earth sits. All of them. It's really gonna happen. By show of hands, how many people here know what a deep fake video is? Raise your hands, put up the lights, I just wanna see. First of all, epic, good work. For the ones that didn't raise your hands, don't feel bad, it's still an emerging tech, but clearly either that weekend Drake song or, or the Dame Lillard ESPN thing last week. So just for everybody to fully understand, for the last 100 years of society, the judge and jury has not been the Supreme Court in America. The judge and jury of our society has been video proof, right? Think about history. History will always tell you the future. There were human beings that used to live without video. Didn't exist, it was invented. It's not even that long ago. For the last 100 years, all proof has been the video proof. We are entering into a new era of technology and society that every person in this room in five years will not believe a single video they see. There will be more fake videos on the internet and on the news in the next half decade than real videos during that same period of time. Think about that. So what's going to happen is every company that produces video will first have to put it on the blockchain to show they were the people that made the video and then it will go to the internet. We now take the internet for granted. It is infrastructure for this world. It is the biggest thing that happened to this industry in the last 25 years and there's not even a close second. But it's only 25, 30 years old in the form that it is today. We take for granted that there won't be new technologies that come along. The blockchain and AI together over the next 20 years. How many people here plan on being 
plan on working for another, actually let me go a different way. How many people here plan on retiring in the next five years? And I don't mean you're gonna crush it next year and buy an island. I mean you're fucking old and you're finished. (laughs) Raise your hands, retiring in the next five years, raise them. All right, let's clap it up for these 14 OGs. Enjoy the fishing, get that sunshine. For the 99.9% of the rest of you, this stuff is coming. And what I'm concerned about is it's hard to run a marathon when you're not on the treadmill setting up for it. The thought of how many people here are still in the same tech stack or not even in a tech stack in 2024, knowing what the world's gonna look like in 2030 is petrifying to me. 14 people in here are lucky because they're gonna be fishing and laying on the beach. But for the rest of you, if you feel like you're a step behind on tech, look, on the record, I don't like tech. I don't like innovation. I wish nothing changed. Every five years I figure it all out, start crushing, and then the shit changes. I'm annoyed. I understand. I don't want anything to change. I wish it was just email and Google AdWords like in 2000. I had it fully figured out. I wish it was before internet. My direct mail and newspaper ads crushed. I don't want this. I'm not a futurist. I don't think this is cool. I didn't even own a computer until I was 19. I'm actually not that interested in tech. I'm just interested in not going out of business. I'm just interested in growing. I'm just interested in not being delusional. When I said this is most people's tech and innovation and marketing strategy, I mean it. Most people, when they see new shit come, put their head, they see a huge tidal wave of innovation, they put their head in the sand and pray. And a very few amount of people grab a surfboard and ride it. There are people in this room that, if they understand what I'm talking about, have the ability of correcting the fact that they've been behind in their competitive set for the last 10 or 15 years and they can leapfrog everyone if they were willing to put in the 50 hours of research on actually learning what's happening in AI, blockchain, and, and this is results tomorrow, LinkedIn content for your business. You can literally reach everyone, everyone, so many people's agendas here today is to do business development. Right, you'll listen to my talk, but what you're worried about is what's gonna happen out there and what's gonna happen tonight. That's why you're here. That's the actual business. The fact that I know that scales 365 days a year, if you spend the five or 10 hours to do research on how do I make good LinkedIn content. By the way, there's an incredible website that will tell you everything you should do. I know some of you are taking notes. I'll spell out the website for you. G-O-O. Thank you for doing that, that made my fucking morning. You can literally type in, how do I make LinkedIn content for an insurance SaaS company enter and get obnoxious amount of results with best practices? This isn't about when I talk about this stuff, they're like, Gary, but how do I do it? That's like saying, how do I get into shape? Everybody here knows how to get into shape. It's called stop eating shit and go to the gym. Doing it is hard. I promise you that if every person here leaves and does proper, because there's the right way to do push-ups versus the wrong way, does proper LinkedIn content three times a day, 
that they would see miraculous results for their business a year later. The first six months will be terrible. A month in, you'll be like, why did I listen to that fucking guy? It won't happen, because you don't know what you're doing yet. It's like everything. You didn't know how to swim as good as you did later, ride a bike. Your first kiss was a disaster, right? You got better. And so, when I think about this talk, what can I universally talk about? I can universally talk about content. I can't encourage the startups looking for capital, the B2B2C players, the people that are, like literally instead of cold calling or praying or business developing your way into getting to a third party to put your insurance into, right? Like when I check out on a website, do I wanna buy that insurance? Those biz dev deals are big, I get it. I know how it works. I also know that almost everyone in that sector is not producing content for the e-commerce retailers to make them consider them. We're fully reliant on sales when marketing and brand always beats sales. I love sales, I'm a salesman. But let me explain to you what sales is. It's what you do when you don't know how to market and brand. I need everybody to hear that. And I'm very aware of how people look at sales and marketing. People love sales in this room. It's black and white. Johnny got the gig. He brought home the bacon. Yay, Johnny, even though he's a fucking asshole. We'll talk about culture in a minute. But what we don't understand, and we think marketing is a waste. What did that video do for us? What's the ROI? Everyone wants to be so last touch attribution. ROAS, CAC, it's fine. It allows marketing and brand to win. Almost every piece of clothes that everybody is wearing here is not because they sold you and called you on the phone. It's because they built a brand and you want to wear it. Marketing and brand works. There's a lot of big brands in this room. You see what they put out. You think they're making these silly commercials on TV for their health? You think it's not working? You think they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these videos to put out to the world and distributing them because it's funny? They like it? It's ha ha ha? I promise you it's not. It's called business. And I think for even the smallest people here, two founders who started their SaaS business today and are here hoping to stumble into a VC who will give them capital during a very hard market, even for that early stage company, all the way to the top five brands in the building that are billions of dollars in market cap, understanding how to be a contemporary marketer, AKA, how do you make content for this? This is the television. And not for long, by the way. All of you that like, hate that this is like, you hate that your kids are on social all day, wait till they sit in a pod on VR for the rest of their lives. You know what this is? This is the beeper. Remember the beeper? I know you do, you fuckers loved it. <laughs> a lot of you didn't get a smartphone back in the early 2000s because you were like, I don't want anyone calling me whenever they want. I got my beeper, they got my pager, they'll hit me up and I'll call them when I want to talk to them, right? And then my favorite, Let's talk about why people resist new technology. When this thing came out, I called my mom, who's the greatest. I called her and said, Mom, this thing is gonna change the world. And then I went out and I was speaking then and putting out content, and I would say, who's getting one of these? And Too expensive, why? And you know why? Because you guys loved your fucking Blackberry. You know why you loved your Blackberry? You needed to touch the buttons because you knew how to type without looking. How many people here rocking a, block bear, a Blackberry with us right now? Nice, two, all right, I need to see it. I gotta buy it from you and sell it on eBay as a fucking antique. 
we always, here, here's one thing that I would like to really land with this group that I think is like an easy sentence to remember that may stick in two years and four years and five years and help you make a decision. I believe the business world and I believe humans in general are obsessed with no. It's safe. They're obsessed with or. I can either do this or that. I really believe the most important word for almost everyone in this room is maybe. When new stuff comes, instead of no, for the stuff I'm talking, post three times a day on LinkedIn, your business will grow. Do you know how many people are here? No. Can't. Why? No. I've tried, it didn't work. You tried, but you sucked, right? Do you know what the ROI of a basketball is for LeBron James? Billions of dollars. You know what the ROI of a basketball for me is? Negative 10,000. I've torn both my meniscuses and haven't made a dollar on it. Social media, LinkedIn, B2B marketing works. If it doesn't work for you, it's because you're not good at it. And these are the things we need to understand. Maybe, maybe. There are so many major things going on in the world right now from a technology standpoint that the biggest thing that I need to get to is get you into understanding the analogy I made five minutes ago. You will not be able to compete in five years no matter who you are in the chain right now if you do not up your mental and financial investment into understanding tech. It's just the way it is. It's now oxygen. Please, I get it. Legacy stack, pull out, new, high cost, high anxiety. My dad, doesn't, my dad has had the same POS register system in the liquor store for the last 25 years. I call him every day trying to get him to unwind it. It's holding him back, but he doesn't want to do the capital investment and even more, training the whole staff. It's too painful. It's got a bunch of old dogs. I understand old dogs. I get it. And I don't mean old in age, just stuck in their ways. You could be 27 and you've been doing it for five years since 22 and that's old dogs. So I highly recommend everybody heed the call that I'm making this morning and understand how significant the change is that's coming. I think the things that are practical really fall into the sea of content, which I've touched on and I'll get back to it a little bit later. And now I wanna talk about one other thing that I think really resonates across the board in this room, culture. So. There is an incredible thing going on right now in the world, which is people have options. For a lot of us that grew up in the 80s, 90s, even 2000s, when we were 22, 23, the reason, you know, how everyone wants these Gen Zers to take shit jobs, it's because we did. I get it. We didn't have options. We've got to really start talking about culture in our organizations. How many people here are a boss uh, and whether they're direct reports or they have reports underneath them to their direct reports. How many people here, in essence, manage over 10 people? Raise your hands. Raise it high. Great. This is really important. I think we're going through no different than the technology shift, and the big one was the internet, obviously in the late 90s, and now the big one that's brewing is blockchain and AI. I believe the biggest shift we're going through right now as businesses in this room is even bigger than the innovation. It's the requirements to be a successful organization from a culture standpoint in 2023. And I know this is on everyone's mind. It's on everyone's mind because people are dealing with remote work, 
I mean, I would say 50% of my employees that work remote probably work one hour a day. It's tough. We're dealing with that, right? We're dealing with what a lot of us deem as entitlement. Two days ago, there was a TikTok video that went super viral because a young woman was talking about how unacceptable it was for her to be commuting to work. That didn't land with Gen X super well. But here's the problem. We can sit here and shit on the emerging generation or we can understand the truth. There's a lot of people in this room that if they were born in a different era, when they were 22 or 23, would have not chosen a minimum wage job that sucked. They would have just built their business or their brand direct on TikTok or LinkedIn or somewhere else. These kids are not lazy. They have options. They don't want to make 47,000 a year doing something they hate. They know they can make 47,000 a year selling t-shirts because of three viral TikToks. We, not them, need to adjust. We, to build huge organizations, need continuity. People are starting to get other options. There's a lot coming. There are people who are gonna be able to write policies in a second that don't even know this industry by pressing one button on AI in three years. That's coming. I could be in the insurance business in a week with today's bullshit AI. And I'm saying that obviously a little bit ad lib, but it's not as far off as many people in this room think. Well, my institutional knowledge that I've built my whole life is being commoditized. This is a wild time. And I just highly recommend you take a step back and think about this, not only from a business leader standpoint, but from a parenting standpoint. The world parents and manages and runs governments and companies predominantly weaponizing fear. You wanna know why everyone's anxious? Fear is the currency of our world. We're gonna cancel you or shame you. We're gonna call you bad. We're gonna, you're gonna get fired. Sales teams know those numbers are up there the whole time, right? If you don't hit your number, like, think about how you parent, how many people here are parents? Raise your hands. Think for a second of the things that come out of your mouth. If you, you better not fear. By the way, it works in the short term. It works in the short term. The problem is it doesn't work in the long term. It leads to massive resentment. It leads to underperforming. I am stunned, literally stunned, by how people have not figured out that nice guys finish first. We've been sold a bag of bullshit. For most of the people in this room, the profit and growth in your business is not about the first part of my talk, it's about the second. Yes, do I believe you need better tools? I do. I don't even understand how one could debate it. I know why one isn't doing it, because they don't wanna have the financial thing happen this year or next year. The problem is you're digging your hole deeper. So I think that's very easy to understand for this audience if you have a half a brain. Where your growth is gonna be is continuity and growth of your people. When people are happy, they perform better, not when they're scared. We have done an atrocious job in business over the last 70 years to play a game that is not sustainable and is about to hit a tipping point because not because they're entitled or lazy, but because they have options. What that dude that made fun of me about buying wine on the internet didn't understand was buying stuff on the internet is a better option than going to the store. Because what I know, that you know, is we pay for time. Time is money. You know how many 
people here buy coffee on Postmates and Uber Eats and pay $13 for a coffee to come to their house? It's fucking insane. But we do it. We take an Uber. You know how much money people waste for convenience and choice? You know how many streaming services you're currently paying for that you don't use? It's what we do, right? And so I highly recommend, and I saw so many of your hands go up, which makes me super happy. If you are managing people, just ask yourself simple questions, real talk, not delusion. Do you think they like you? Do you make them feel safe? Because I promise you, what is the train that's about to hit all of us in the next five years is not just AI, blockchain, and more social media advancements. It is the culture within our organizations are going to be a very big deal. And I, I want everyone to understand as I'm talking, I'm not sitting up here talking foofy, foofy grandma stuff and it's feelings and we're all soft. I'm talking about making fucking money. I'm a businessman. I call my organization the Honey Empire. We will win because we will treat each other with honey versus vinegar internally. But we're building an empire. That is not a soft word. I'm trying to buy the New York Jets. It's expensive. Mainly, who's a Jets fan in here? Raise your hands. All right, first of all, I fucking love you. Yeah, it's fucking hard out here. So I've been trying to buy the New York Jets for the last 35 years, mainly because I don't trust it. I want to win a Super Bowl and I only trust myself to get it done. So, thank you. So, so when I talk about this part, I'm always worried that the hardcore business person in here is like, hmm, I'm gonna check out and look at my iPhone real quick while he's talking about this because this is bullshit. And I know why people think it, but the data is so clear. Actually, how many people here like football and know it a little bit? Raise your hands, I'll use the analogy. If, good, good enough. Good enough, because I want to use it anyway. <laughs> An offensive line. The people that protect the quarterback. If those, the data shows that if those five guys don't get hurt in a season and have continuity, that the team massively overperforms. That's how I think about employees. We have long operated and led with fear, which actually leads to lack of retention. More importantly, a lot of you say, wait a minute, like some of you are being real with yourself right now and say, I'm not the greatest, but he's wrong. My team's been with you, me for a long time. It's because they don't think they have options. Your team that is willing to take your not niceness is insecure and lacks self-esteem that they can do it somewhere else and are underperforming and you're getting a 60% version of them right now and you think you're winning because they're still there, all retention is not equal. My friends, you want to leave with something, you want to note something down in your fucking head or in your notepads, all retention on your team is not equal. If your whole team's still there but you're not setting the tone from the top, they're performing at 60%. And your little bursts of fear every quarter maybe is creating something a little arb, but it's just not winning. And so yes, what am I saying? I'm saying it's time for all of us to be nicer to our employees. Is anybody ready for that? Okay, you're not ready for it. <laughs> Fuck it, do whatever you want. I really, really believe this. I really believe in that. And so that is pretty much the essence of this talk, which is if you've been in business 
How many people have been in business for over 20 years? Raise your hands. All of you know, shit changes, right? You didn't, you, know, you didn't expect Google AdWords 20 years ago to build up brands you never heard of that are much bigger than the brands you grew up with. You didn't expect that silly thing. I remember four years ago, even after all the success I had and all the following I had, I was yelling and screaming four years ago that TikTok was gonna be next. And everybody laughed at me out of the room in the comments. They're like, that's for teenage girls dancing. I was like, Facebook was for college kids. Now the only people who are on Facebook are your fucking parents. <laughs> people don't get it. They think things won't change because they don't want it to change. People don't think things will change because you don't want it to change because you understand how to do it now. I, I get it. I've been managing people since I was 22. I'm not, I, I, and I love HR, so I do a lot of one-on-ones. I get it for all the bosses here. I'm not enjoying these 15-minute sessions where I'm a therapist and their mother and father. I get it. Entitlement and delusion is not fun. But things change, and we have to change with them. I believe you'll have less of those meetings if you fix the well, not the sink. The last 15 minutes has been about the well. Do you actually care about your employees or are they faceless at the end of the day trying to hit a number? That is a very profoundly honest question that you have to ask yourself. And wherever you sit on that pendulum, because it's not gonna be one or the other, you need to care more. Your caring more will directly impact your wallet. It also feels better, by the way. You'll like it, I promise. You'll learn to like it, you'll get better. So that's that. I wanna go back to content because I wanna leave with tactical things before we get out of here. I wanna talk about the LinkedIn thing. I'm gonna bash it into your head one more time before I get out of here. This LinkedIn thing is crazy. This LinkedIn thing is crazy. Thinking about the people trying to raise capital, thinking about the people that are trying to get biz dev deals, thinking about all the people that have unlimited salespeople trying to get into organizations and get them to buy. I just couldn't push you harder to understand how big of a deal this is. Now, you have to be good at it, which is why I want you to do it for a while. But for anyone here, actually how many people here are posting every day on LinkedIn for their business? Raise your hand. 11. Good, that's good. I just really want, if I ever get lucky enough to come back here in two or three years, I just want 70, 80% of this room to raise their hand. I promise you, if you happen to be sitting next to someone who raised their hand and you don't know them, I highly recommend you ask them what's going on. And I have no idea if they're good at it or not, because it is a game of being good at it. But if they're good at it, they will explain and give you a story of a direct correlation of them hiring a good employee from a competitor because of one post, a story of getting a new client because of one post, a story of getting asked to be on a podcast because of one post that then led to business. The world is changing, we all understand that. But it's changing faster than people realize. I, all my content, and I do have a lot of followers like the intro said, and a lot of them are international. For, for the people that stood up earlier from all the countries around the world, all of my content in 2024 will be fully translated 
to their native language. So I have a huge page, I have a huge following in Arabic, I have a huge following in Portuguese in Brazil, I have a huge Spanish following, I have Gary V. Espanol in Portuguese and all that, and all that content today is me talking and then subtitled. Every piece of that content in 2024 will be me speaking in that native tongue fully in my voice because of AI and AI to my lips so it doesn't even feel weird dubbed. It will be as I'm talking. We are really going into a new era. And so what I, what I ask is this as I wrap up. If you came to this conference, you didn't have to. If you came to this conference, my belief system is that you're ambitious, that you're hungry, that you're still growing. I don't understand that you would be willing to schlep to Vegas for a conference for a couple of days, but you aren't willing to spend 10 hours of real research on every new trend. Instead of taking one headline you read about AI or one friend saying something and taking it as your own and your belief system, why not actually Google how do I use AI in insurance tech, enter. How about 10 hours of research per every new thing? Whether you believe me or not, on LinkedIn content can double your business if you become crazy about it. Why not spend 10 hours of research over a week or two or three in putting in how do I make content that works on LinkedIn, my industry? Again, a lot of you, VCs, VCs in this room, good deals are competitive. Good deals are competitive. The reason I, for a decade, got access to all the best tech deals in Silicon Valley was because I had a personal brand. I didn't compete for them, they came to me. Sales versus marketing. Sales, you have to go and ask. Marketing, it comes to you. Your personal content, and by the way, as I wrap up, not everybody has to do video. This whole notion, yes, video works. Video's a monster, we watch videos, it's what we do. But for the people in here saying, man, I wanna do it, but I, don't, I feel self-conscious on video. Two things on that. One, once and for all, can we put this to bed? Anyone here who's not posting because they're worried about judgment of others, strangers and friends, making fun of them, who do you think you are? Somebody leaves a comment saying you're ugly or stupid or wrong. I just really need you to hear this. Forevermore, please remember this. If somebody comes to your profile on social media, and takes the time to try to take you down. You shouldn't feel bad for yourself, you should feel bad for them. Do you know what kind of shit life it is to go around the internet and try to make other people hurt because you're so hurt inside? Once and for all, we've left middle school. You're all grown now. Don't let Johnny Pants 97 leaving a negative comment stop you from growing your fucking business. Are you in? Please. Jesus, second point on that. You don't have to do video. Some of you are incredibly talented writers and in written form, you can get across what you want to the industry much better than you can with Gift of Gab. Some of you are good with Gift of Gab, but no matter how much I try to encourage you here, you still are self-conscious visually or things of that nature, then fine. Don't do a video, do audio. Record it on your phone and upload it as just audio with a title. My friends, the battleground for the world is happening out in social media content. For this industry, you have a gift. It's called LinkedIn. LinkedIn, as many of you remember, 15 years ago was a recruiting tool. It was not a social network. 
You all now know it is a social network. You consume content on it. You need to be part of that conversation. It's how you can easily garner better talent to join your organization. I think it's a huge recruiting tool. And you know this, the industry's going through consolidation right now. So whoever here goes on the offense and has growth next year, you're gonna be able to hire quality people. There's people in this industry looking, but you must not allow the tension of today confuse you. For everyone who is really about that entrepreneur or business life, you actually know this is the time to go on offense. If you look at any growth curve of any business, these are the best times to go on offense when seemingly people are on defense and they are on defense. Offense comes in a lot of forms to wrap it up. One, your culture. Like, you wanna win more? Have a 20 minute coffee with employees, all of them, one by one, and actually know them a little bit. You'll be stunned what that will mean for your business. Allocate the time. Two, content. You must make a commitment to this content game. It is a big deal. And three, complacency, meaning eliminate it. You praying that it's not gonna happen doesn't stop it. Technology and innovation is undefeated against our subjective wants and needs as individual humans. It doesn't matter that you didn't like it. It happened. And it's happening in a big way and it will impact this industry in a big way. And for a lot of you, if you get on the treadmill now, it won't be as bad to run the marathon in five years. I don't need you to become Steve Jobs. I need you to start dabbling a little bit to protect yourself from the acceleration of the next decade. Thank you. Thank you.